Okay, hi everyone. Welcome back to Open Mat Podcast. On today's episode, I am super excited to announce the OG of BGJ Mains, uh, someone I've been following for a long time since I started Jiu-Jitsu, the one, the only, Drew Weatherhead. Hi, Drew. <laughs> hey, Marco. How's it going today? Not too bad yourself. Uh, I want to ask you, how's the weather in your end? <laughs> oh, it's hot down here. We're oh. down in uh, Austin, Texas, and it's almost 30 degrees today. Oh, wow. That's amazing. We're getting 15 centimeters of snow right here in Montreal, Quebec, <laughs> Canada. So <laughs> I'm happy for you. Let's say that. <laughs> so, uh, Drew, I have to say, you've been a huge inspiration to me when I started Jiu-Jitsu. You're like the first BGJ page I followed, and you have oh, wow. such a huge, huge uh followers i'm just so happy to have you here today yeah no it's my pleasure um we kind of got to know each other a little bit what was it last year i guess well we we're going through setting up that nft project oh yes the good old nft days yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know a lot of people are so excited for that but i was uh I was, it was kind of fun in the end but i didn't invest too much in nfts but uh, it was quite an experience and uh, you actually did help me a lot in the NFTs because uh, I was really nervous. I didn't know what I was doing. And I think we were up to like midnight and you were just like helping me out, like figured it all out. I was like mm -hmm. super stressed. I couldn't sleep at all. So well, <laughs> thank you for that again. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it is a stressful process, especially the way that it was back then. I think it's gotten a little easier on the user interface side since then, but I, it's I so, so tricky to figure it out, especially the first time. Like it's bad enough oh, trying yeah. to figure out a new technical process in a yeah. system you're not aware of but when you're using your money to do it it's extra stressful oh for sure absolutely but i was happy i got it done in the end so yeah that was good <laughs> <laughs> so drew i wanted to ask you before you started bjj fanatics before you started because jiu-jitsu on instagram what made you want to start this path in bjj what got you started well, I'd done uh, a couple martial arts before then. I'd been in some degree of martial art for about five years before I decided to try jiu-jitsu. And mm -hmm. uh, the first three years, like most people, I started with karate. And okay. yes. uh, I was, um, I guess I was 19, I think, when I started that. Maybe 18. I want to say 19. So, you know, just out of school. And mm -hmm. a bunch of my friends that we were all in a band. And so we were going to play <laughs> punk rock and do karate. So we were going to be the badasses, awesome. right? Yeah, we had mohawks, the whole thing. And nice. <laughs> um, after a certain amount of time there, I started uh, cross-training in a weapon style called Cali, which is a Filipino uh, style where mm. you use sticks and you, you learn basically how to use a weapon as a martial art. So I had my striking style. I had my weapon style. I was, I was uh -huh. ready, right? I'm ready for everything. Yeah. Um, turns out I'm missing a large part <laughs> of what is martial arts. <laughs> And I, I kind of knew that um, intrinsically because I had watched uh, the old UFC videos I had to rent mm -hmm. on VHS from Rogers Video. And yeah, yeah I, I knew the Hoist Gracie story. But yes. in Alberta, where I was in Canada, there there really wasn't much as far as jujitsu was concerned. So it was yeah. easy to find a karate school. It was even easier to find uh, a Cali school, believe it or not. But um, I ended up getting into jujitsu from a friend uh, who was also one of the band members, the drummer, his name's Justin. Mm -hmm. And um, he was the jujitsu guy in, in our friend group, which means that he had taken about six weeks of jujitsu from a local gym 
He knew how to do a rear naked choke and a triangle, which made him lethal compared to anybody else that he knew. Yeah. So we would be doing like trampoline wrestling or something. And it was a lost cause. Like we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> and he could do a triangle choke. So it was, it was yeah. over. And um, one night at a Christmas party, I had brought these padded sticks that we used in Cali because we were mm-hmm. going to have some fun. And I would ask Justin, do you want to you know, spar with these sticks? He's like, oh yeah, it sounds like fun. So we start sparring and we're whapping each other back and forth. Whap, 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 whap. I'm starting to get a little bit of the better of him. And he gets pissed off, throws the stick in my face and double legs Ooh. me to the ground. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh shoot, this is different now. So I, I'm just scrambling. I don't know what I'm doing. I scramble and I managed to scramble to top of closed guard. So I think mm. I'm in a good position. He thinks he's yeah. in a good position, but really, honestly, neither of us know a whole lot about what we're doing. And the yeah. one thing that I knew, because I'd watched some UFC, I understood that mm-hmm. joint locks were a thing. We used them in Cali actually for disarms. So mm. there was this one disarming technique in Cali that you do from standing. They call a hammer lock, which is essentially an Americana. And so I okay. grabbed his <laughs> wrist from his clothes guard. I had no idea I'm not supposed to do this. He had no idea that I'm not supposed to do this. I grab his wrist. I go into a figure four and pull his arm back and he taps. Oh, wow. And I had tapped the jujitsu guy. And so two things happened Jeez. at that point that blew my mind into outer space. One, um, I did something that worked. And two, yeah. I did it against a guy that would not fake that working he would never tap unless he had to so i'd found something real whereas in karate you would pull your punches and a judge would have to determine if it was close enough to count for a point yeah and in in cali we would use foam bats and you you know oftentimes you're training against a stack of tires because it's just too dangerous to be hitting somebody with a rattan stick so you use a human proxy and so there's so much um training that didn't involve like literal human interaction that when I mm-hmm. had that in jujitsu, I found something that was pure. That was, exactly. this, this isn't a judge telling me I won. This is my opponent against his best efforts admitting defeat. This has to be the purest thing that I've ever come across. And so I was hooked. I went into the yellow pages to date myself and <laughs> uh, found the only jujitsu gym in the town at that time that was in a garage that this guy did twice a week. And that's where I started. Oh, that's amazing. I think that's the truth about BJJ, though. Like, I when I first started, I didn't know what to expect. I thought I was, like, a relatively strong guy, and I'm going against, like, smaller guys and some a little bit bigger than me. I'm like, let me give this a shot. I'm feeling better about my body. I came back from a back injury. Let me see what the big deal is and what these guys are really doing. Mm-hmm. And, man, and behold, was I ever humbled. It was so amazing. I was so scared. And I thought I was going to quit, but I'm like, I was so scared. I'm like, I got to figure out what they did to me and mm-hmm. how I could do it to them in the future. It's like, what just happened to me? I was like, you're like, a, you can't lie in jujitsu. That's what they say. You can't lie. And it, I was so amazed from that experience. It was a blessing to me. And I'm so happy I continued. I yeah. have the courage to continue. How long have you been doing it now, Marco? Uh, I've been doing jujitsu well, with COVID because I think COVID uh, right. the gyms were closed maybe three, four months or maybe five months. I couldn't remember, but I'm close to do uh, two years now, okay. but I'm only focusing on the gnocchi. That's uh I don't know what drove me there. Uh, I, I started with the gi. I was so excited with the gi. But for some reason, I just like stuck with the no gi. And being an older guy, I thought it would be the vice versa. But I really mm. enjoy uh, battling against the younger guys and yeah. keeping up with them and also surprising them. So that just made a huge 360 in my life. So, yeah, that's like huge for me. You know what's interesting and, is uh, the yeah. old orthodoxy would would uh, prescribe they would demand that you start with the gi and then you work yeah, into no that. gi and more 
often the case these days, at least with the progressive schools and, and thought spaces in jiu-jitsu, is they mm-hmm. flip it 180. They say you a new student is better off to start with no gi and then move mm-hmm. into gi later because no gi is, um, although there's something to be said about athleticism and slipperiness yeah. and there's less uh, friction involved, but the, the techniques are more, um, I guess, what's the, the best word? Probably... Uh, gross is the best word i could think like mm-hmm. big movements that translate yes. every every nogi move translates to the gi but not vice versa yeah, so if exactly. you can learn in nogi you're guaranteed that every move you learn there works in the gi but then exactly. there's the opposite is true if you start in nogi and then you take a game that's built in or sorry in gi you start in gi yes. and you take a built gi game into nogi you might have to drop 10 to 15 percent of the moves and grips that you like Oh, for sure. Because like, if I go into gi right now, I don't know how to do any lapel chokes. I'll be like throwing myself in the waters of like sharks. I don't know mm-hmm. any grips. I know how to do proper grips on the gi, so that's like really dangerous for me. But I want to ask you, since we're in BJJ topic here, was that the when you described earlier when you started BJJ? Was that the proudest moment in your life while doing BJJ? Or was that the moment like, oh my god, this really changed my life? Or was there like another moment that made you say, oh, I have to continue doing this? Well, I mean, we're talking about like 16 years of experience at this point. So there's, <laughs> all, sorts, yeah, there's all sorts <laughs> of different landmarks along the way. But that was certainly the first one. It was definitely it. It's made the impact deep enough that I had to continue. And then, I mean, every step along the way is the same. My first tournaments, my first golds, my first uh, belt promotion. There's all these things that happen yeah. along the way. And it's it's they call it a journey. And Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the best term for it. It is a cliche at this point, and I meme it to death for sure. Um, But it's it's not a step-by-step procedure, unlike Mm -hmm. some martial arts, by the way, which is why I think, again, it has that appeal, because it is more pure, it's more true to what is um, effective, what is useful, what is real, as opposed to somebody else's perception of how good you are how many classes you've come to or you know how good your kata is you know this is mm-hmm. more based off of um a meritocracy i guess yeah and then uh once i see a leader down the road of life you decided to start your own uh instagram channel because jitsu mm-hmm. so when did you start that and how did you start the idea? Because for me, you're like the you're the OG of memes and you inspired a lot of people, including myself. And there's so many new pages, you know, based on memes, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu memes, and like you made a huge impact in that market, I find. So I want to know like how when did you start? What gave you the idea to start this? Sure. So before I get into my story, I do gotta give uh, credit to the first mm-hmm. OG meme page, which is because or sorry, which is BJJ Problems. And they started okay. in uh, 2012, run by Brett Gold. He's fantastic. And he okay. he and me yes, are good friends too. now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he, I can't not give him credit. But mm-hmm. I started in 2015, so about three years after that. Okay. And um, I was a purple belt at the time. And we were going, because I was, I was still in the same gym that was you know, this garage gym that's doing the best it can that I'm doing fine. I'm winning tournaments. Like we're doing (laughs) well as far as jujitsu is concerned, but politically considered, um, you know, there was no lineage. There was no respect. There was no trajectory as far as jujitsu on the world stage was concerned. So we're in this weird kind of halfway point where um, we needed to get some sort of like lineage and credibility and sort of tie into some affiliation of some sort. And there was just a lot of drama going back and forth 
at that point because um, neither me nor my instructor wanted to promote me past purple because of some of the politics around the IBJJF. It would be very mm -hmm. difficult to recognize a brown belt as opposed to a purple at the time. Okay. And so there's because of a whole bunch of nuanceical, honestly nonsensical politics, <laughs> I was finding myself very frustrated with jujitsu. And it was the only time in my entire life where I legitimately considered quitting it. And it wasn't because oh, wow. of jujitsu, it was because of the politics. And so oh, wow. I was I was in a really um pissed off state, to be honest. I was really annoyed about the whole thing as I'm literally considering giving up the thing I love the most. And uh in that uh, sense, I guess, in that emotional state, I started uh, a meme page in the middle of my welding shift, <laughs> right on the floor. I just picked up my phone, I downloaded uh, a meme app. And my goal in that moment was to make fun of jujitsu, because I was pissed <laughs> off with course. it. So I want to poke fun at it. I want to, I want to embarrass it publicly with all the yeah. stuff that people <laughs> don't want to talk about, because this is the stuff that's bothering me right now and preventing me from progressing in this thing. So I did this and some people ask how I came up with the name because Jitsu, it was literally a half second and barely a thought. It was like <laughs> starting, it was like build an account on Instagram. What do you want to name your account? I don't know. What am I doing this for? Because Jitsu, I guess. So I typed that in, nobody taken it. So I'm like, all right, that's my name. Um, I, grabbed, a story. <laughs> yeah, I, I grabbed a, a default black and white picture of Godzilla from the internet and superimposed a jujitsu guy fighting him. Cause it's, I'm trying to think of the most ridiculous stuff I can think of. Right. Um, oh, it took gosh. all of like five minutes to set up the account. And in the first day I, I posted like 15 different memes or something like that. It was just, <laughs> it was nonstop for like the first two weeks. But what I noticed while I was doing it, because in my mind, I was, I was trying to insult people who took this stuff seriously yeah. because um, I thought they deserved it. And what I found <laughs> instead was instead of, I was ready to get into like internet debates with people who are going to mm -hmm. get into my comment section. What I found instead was everybody was enjoying it and we're actually commiserating it. Like, yeah, we are stupid, aren't we? Yeah, we are dumb <laughs> like that, aren't we? That's so true. Well, I'm like, wait a minute. Is everybody feeling this? Am I like, I didn't feel alone anymore. And I was like, it, it changed from a commiseration and kind of a sardonic yeah. outtake to more of a, uh, camaraderie and we can all mm -hmm. just joke about ourselves together yeah oh for sure i find it also like a little bit of therapy for me because sometimes i get so frustrated with the same issue mm -hmm. it's it's those goddamn toenails and fingernails every time <laughs> it's like no guys, he's bad for that too it, it's like no one thinks about hygiene or like once there were so many people bloody on the mat it's like who did it like you could have like identified the person with the long nails like come on like just the infections it's like and I, I love making memes about that it's like it's endless and i find it's like therapy and it's some people could relate to it like you said like yes like our little inner circle of like those jokes and i just find it so it makes me feel so good to just to express myself like yes there are individuals like this yes we're a bunch of crazy people who who spend money and to fight in spandex or heavy pajamas and go crazy and hurt mm -hmm. ourselves it's a beautiful sport please join us kind of thing and, <laughs> and yeah, what you i can't find say interesting, it literally and then take it seriously <laughs> yeah that's the thing and, and i find it funny too because uh i'm starting to have followers who are not bjj related and they're starting to slowly understand this language of jujitsu yeah. They, they kind of had some of the jokes, but not all of them. But I, I, I really like expressing myself and like seeing if anyone has the same similarities with me with these problems in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that's one uh, of the best compliments I've ever gotten is people who don't do jiu-jitsu at all. And they said that the joke was funny. I'm like, okay, well, then yeah. I hit something right there. 
yeah, that's that's really good. Like some, so there are some days I have like, oh, this is a great meme. It's going to do really well. And then he's like, nope, it's really specific for like certain yep. niche of people who will get this little joke here. But I wanted to say like over the year, and now you're even on, you've done BGJ Fanatics videos. How yeah. awesome is that? That When you announced that, I'm like, oh my God. You're like, from like, think about how you started to where you are now. Did you ever imagine you being at this top level, like having these many followers? Did you ever think about it like that? Or was it like, oh, I'll just do this for fun kind of thing and whatever happens, happens? Well, I guess it was an evolution because uh, certainly the way that I started, the way I described it, I had no aspirations whatsoever. Mm -hmm. It was like a, a crash and burn operation. Yeah. I just wanted to go down like a kamikaze. But <laughs> as things started to grow, um, the first time I stretched out in any direction as far as monetization is concerned was with a shirt project mm -hmm. that I collaborated with Gary Tonin. And I was about mm. 17,000 followers at that point. And in my mind, and in the jujitsu circles at the time, 17,000 followers on Instagram was like, you're the king of the world. You know, how many <laughs> accounts out there have that that aren't athletes that won worlds? Holy crap, this mm -hmm. is huge. I got that many followers. Um, yeah. For people listening that don't know, at this point, I got like 180,000. So like, it yeah. sounds funny <laughs> to say 17,000 is huge. But at that point, yeah. I'm like, well, I guess I made it. So I should uh, have a product or something. Yeah, and so exactly. I did this and, and I started t-shirts and it did okay. It, it wasn't great, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, I, I learned as I went because they, there was no, at least I didn't know about any print on demand services. So mm -hmm. I had to like have them printed locally at a prints area and I had to ship them out individually and there was no profit being made. It was a total dog yeah. show. I still have those shirts left in my garage somewhere, um, <laughs> but uh, to speak to your point, to, to get all the way down the road between the start and where I am now, where I'm on, I've got uh, eight videos now on BJJ mm -hmm. Fanatics. I've got two on Jiu-Jitsu X. I've got my own page with about, yeah. yeah, with about 12 different videos on my own page because Dash Jitsu. I've got um, uh, my own membership site with over 550 videos. It's like I've got all sorts of different peripheral That's products amazing. that nobody... It's funny in life, I find this so many different times, and maybe it's just me, but I doubt it, is that... <laughs> If you look at where you are and mm -hmm. then you look at where you were five years ago, there is no way in hell five years ago me could have even planned this out. <laughs> even if I knew all the steps that I went through at this point back yeah. then, I would have laughed myself off that path. <laughs> there's like, there's yeah. no way any of this is real, possible, or viable. And meanwhile, yeah. here I am. I live full time on the road with a family of six. I'm a single income provider. And mm -hmm. all of my money comes from e commerce that basically stemmed and began around a meme page for jujitsu. <laughs> That's that's amazing. Like I, I think to myself, like I started my page uh, a couple months ago, really September of last year. And I just wanted to have fun with it. I told my wife, you know, I'm going to start a new page just for a little bit. I had two followers, myself and my <laughs> wife. I'm like, I'm just going to have fun. She sees I'm enjoying myself. She knows I'm very expressive. I like to talk a lot. I like to do these videos and that. So it's not much, but I'm going to reach close to 2,000 followers. So there for me, go. that's that's huge. Like yeah, I, I'm huge. king of the world. And and she asked me, what's the point of this this whole Instagram? I'm like, I don't know yet. I'm just still trying to figure it out. And I told that's her, right ask answer. me. Ask me in five years, I told her. That was my yes. honest answer. Honest to God, that was my ask me in five years. We'll see from now. I'm having too much fun to even care right now. <laughs> That's the smartest and, answer you could have given because there's so many yeah, other proper thanks. answers that people could give. But the honest answer is exactly that. It can't not be that. And if it is, I'm going to take this thing to 100,000 followers and make a living out of this. You'll never get there because that's to be able to get there. That can't be the goal. 
Exactly. And I told him, I just want, I'm having fun. That's what's important right now. She's like, yeah, then do what you got to do and don't worry about the rest. And when I hear your story, I'm like, oh my God, that's that's awesome. I don't who maybe I could be like that in five or 10, 15 years. Who knows? Yeah, who but knows? For, for now, I just want to talk to people on even the podcast. I was I was scared of doing a podcast mm-hmm. and it was the same feeling like jujitsu. I was scared for the first six months and mm. I finally got over it and I'm super happy to roll with anyone, any level. I just, I want that same feeling when I do the podcast and lo and behold, it's, I'm getting there. Like I'm, I'm feeling good doing podcasts. I love talking to people. So it's, it's been great so far. Mm-hmm. And again, I have to thank you again for being here. And I wanted you to ask you one more thing before we end on the notes. So along your whole journey, you reached the point where you decided to write a book so and it's just been announced mm-hmm. and i want to know what inspired you to write this book and what's the a small message you can give to uh, the viewers here about sure. your book no i appreciate that um this book that basically came out of nowhere if you want to talk to trying to make plans for stuff and then stuff just start hitting you in the face this is one that just hit me in the face and um i don't really need to remind anybody about the last thousand years that happened since 2020 but there's a (laughs) lot of stuff that's happened in the last three years and part of that process for me among many many different things both good and bad was the start of my own podcast that I'm running right now called the social disorder podcast and I've been doing that five days a week for over the last year at this point we've got coming up on 250 episodes so it was a constant constant thing I considered this my full-time job Mm -hmm. and amazing in that Yeah, in that process, and this is something you'll find the more that you do podcasts, especially as you bring on guests, but also as as you do solo podcasts as well. I don't know if you do that or not, but those two things put together, they basically demand, not even like it's it's something demanding of you. You just can't but learn Mm -hmm. and grow while that happens because Mm -hmm. partly you have to hear other people's thoughts and ideas and almost never are they going to be the same as yours. So you're going to have like a necessary yeah. interaction with a ton of different worldviews, ideas, ideologies, um, yeah. problems, questions, answers. And this stuff, at least for my brain, is like it's like fertilizer. Like this just stuff springs out of it. And I can't really help it. Maybe it's because I'm ADD, but my mind just spins for mm. hours and sometimes days on certain mm. thoughts and ideas that get planted in my brain. And then in the meantime, too, while I'm doing solo podcasts, I'm I'm experiencing. I'm expressing what I've been um, growing out of these thoughts. And it, it builds this garden out inside of your consciousness. And this is what kind of caught me by surprise one day. It was like, I have got so many incredible ideas bouncing around in my head that I didn't a year ago. I need to decompress them somehow. They're basically trying to explode out my ears right now. And so in August of last year, I made the decision that I'm going to write this down in a book. And I started at the beginning of September and I finished at the beginning of January. So about a four, uh, four ish month writing period where Mm -hmm. I, I set out to write (laughs) none of this thing. I have any credential in, by the way, which is part of the fun of the whole thing is it's a full on exploration. This is not meant as an explanation. This is all explorative. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I set out to look into three major human uh, topics And it's the name of the book. The first one is consciousness. The second one is reality. And the third Mm -hmm. one is purpose. And Mm -hmm. I I spent um, nine chapters on each of those topics. So nine chapters on consciousness, nine on reality, and nine on purpose. And every one of those chapters within those topics 
is going to be its own mm -hmm. focus and its own idea that can explode out within your brain. It'll be a seed that can be dropped in and maybe it plants or maybe it doesn't, but it's stuff that really um, expanded the latitude for what I think about and how I view not just my own existence, but the world around me and the universe at large. So uh, I hope that like, since this thing has gone live for about a week and a half now, it's been live. I hope that the people who are reading it are going mm -hmm. to have a similar experience where this isn't supposed to be like a textbook that tells you what is. Yeah. It's a, a roadmap that leads you to a starting point of what might be. Mm. That's amazing. And, and I want to ask you, actually, you kind of answered my question, I think on yesterday's polls, uh, is there going to be an audiobook? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got all of the, the other readable formats available right now. You've got a digital Kindle, you've got a paperback mm -hmm. and a hardcover that are all available on Amazon. And I just finished recording, editing, and uploading all 27 chapters, plus intro, plus epilogue, plus wow. prologue, all up on the Audible servers as of three days ago. Oh, and nice. it just takes, a, they say it takes 10 business days. So I'm hoping within okay. two weeks, it will be up available and worldwide on Audible. That is awesome to hear because I'm more of a, if I have to go with a book, I normally go with paperback because just mm -hmm. me personally holding a hardcover after a while, my hands get super tired, which is mm. weird. <laughs> I have no grip strength on the books, <laughs> but I am so happy that you announced the, for the audiobook that I can't wait for that. I'm really excited for that. And Drew, I'm, I just had an aha moment when you told me about SoloCast. I'm like, oh my God, I never even thought about that. So, uh, mm. and I was just thinking about like times like COVID, I I was just like so angry during COVID. Like I could have opinionated so many things and even other mm -hmm. ideas that are coming to my head right now. I'm like, oh my God, Drew, SoloCast, that's that's amazing. What a good idea. So I'm, I'm so happy we had the time to chat today and I just had this little moment I never thought about before. So uh, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm happy to hear that. It's uh, been a blessing for me because when I was doing my podcast, when I started out, it was it, it was a bit of an ex anxious moment because I'm like, how am I going to mm -hmm. get enough guests for this? This is going to be really yes. difficult. And that is usually the major struggle with running a podcast is we need more guests. We need more guests. We need more guests. Yeah. Um, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. people are, this, uh, after a while, people are listening to your podcast for you and they'll exactly. listen to you talk just by yourself or they'll listen to you talk and interact with someone else, but they're there for you. So just continue to build the content and it's its own muscle. You'll figure out how to do it over time, but um, I've really enjoyed it. And like I said, it helps me mature and express the ideas I have in my head, which oddly enough, in the same way that teaching a jujitsu move, you know, actually mm -hmm. teaches you how to do the move better. It's yes. the same thing with any thought. The more you articulate it, you mm -hmm. will teach yourself what you think and maybe have things come up in the meantime that you're like, I didn't really know that was exactly what I was thinking. Maybe I can change this or maybe it yeah. leads to a different thing. And it's, it's been a fascinating experience and growth. Oh, for sure. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still like, a, oh, my God. I can't believe I learned something new today. So I'm still like, <laughs> I'm like Marco, you never thought of this before? Why? It's, what's wrong with you? So, Drew, I wanted to take time again to say thank you for coming on my podcast. And I've been amazed. I've, I reached out to so many people, and everyone's so nice. I was even trying to ask him, like, Drew, would you mind coming? I, wanna, I always feel like I'm bugging people, but, like, mm. it's amazing the response I got from, like, the BGJ community specifically. Everyone's so nice. Like, it's true, though. On and off the mats, everyone's super nice. Everyone's saying, yes, yes, I can't wait. And I was so happy when you said yes, and I cannot say thank you more than enough. So, Drew, thank you again. This has been awesome. It's been my <laughs> pleasure, Marco. Thanks for the invite. 
All right, guys. I'm going to end this chat today. Once again, the one, the only, Drew Weatherhead. Take care, guys.